the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And finally, the tongue has another power. It demonstrates itself in it diagnoses. It diagnoses our spiritual life. The tongue has the power to show us what we're really like. It reveals the inner man. And you know what it reveals? That we are totally inconsistent. The old saying in the computer world is G-I-G-O. Garbage in, garbage out. The information that a computer puts out indicates the kind of data and programming that went into it. And so it is with the words of our mouths. In Psalm 19, David concluded by saying, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible study led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Our present study is from James, Chapter 3, about the power of the tongue. Just as we know a good well from a bad well by the quality of the water that comes out of it, our words reveal the condition of our hearts. And our tongues tend to have an outsized influence over our lives sometimes, don't they? James said in verses 3 and 4, Now if we put bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Our tongues can direct lives. They can destroy people and relationships, and they can diagnose the condition of our hearts. Here's Pastor Steve with the conclusion of his opening message in this series. James is saying something very interesting. Look what he says in verse 5. So also, just like the bit, just like the rudder, the tongue is a small part of the body. It is. The tongue's a very small part. Medically speaking, the tongue is a two-ounce, four-inch slab of mucous membrane. Don't throw up. Mucous membrane that wraps itself around nerves and muscles to help us chew, taste, and talk. That's all. It's a small part of the body. It's just a little, little tiny part of the body. But look what he says. The tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. And you know what? In its pride, it's not wrong. It boasts of great things. And you know, it can boast. It can boast of great things. It isn't boasting about things that are false. It's boasting about things that are true. The power of the tongue. Because it directs the life of people. Look at it this way. A runaway horse or a shipwreck could mean injury or even tragedy to people who are passengers. And you know what? The same thing is true with the tongue. What you and I say, a little slip of the tongue has the power to affect the lives of others. We can injure. We can damage people. You know how we damage people? What you say to your children can crush them. I have have heard with my own ears children being called names. Parents calling children names like stupid. Saying things like you're a brat. 
You're ugly. You'll never amount to anything. You're a fool. Damage that life. Shatter that self-image, which is so hard to put back together. You can injure someone. I've seen hearts broken over what people have said to one another. Marriages just, just destroyed and devastated because of the cruel words of a husband or a wife saying words like, I no longer love you. Get out of my life. But when your tongue is controlled by the Spirit of God, it edifies. It builds up. It has the power, the capacity to give godly influence, to change lives for the glory of God. It can destroy or it can give life. Peter preached at Pentecost and used his tongue and 3,000 were saved. Years ago, a young man who taught at a dance studio had his alarm clock radio come on early in the morning and heard the thundering voice of Donald Gray Barnhouse And he said, suppose you died tonight and you stood before God. And he said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And that young man for the first time came to grips that he needed salvation. He was faced with the fact that that he didn't have the right answer to give. That young man's name was Dr. James Kennedy who started a ministry called Evangelism Explosion, using that question as a basis for that whole ministry to fit around. And why are we saying this? Because the voice and the words of Donald Gray Barnhouse have changed history. Evangelism Explosion has had the greatest impact on the local church of any evangelistic ministry and methodology in the history of the church. A man named Edward Kimball came into a shoes shoe store in the 1800s, spoke to a young clerk by the name of Dwight L. Moody, told him he was a Sunday school teacher, and he told him about Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody said, this is what I need. He knelt there right in the shoe store, and he put his trust in Jesus Christ alone for his salvation, and that changed the course of history. Just a few words from D.L. Moody has spread a school magazine, a printing house. Scores of lives have been changed, and on and on, and science, it's influenced science, and and films, and all different things, because Edward Kimball came in and said a few words to a young man. And so we need to be careful what we say, because you don't know who's listening, but God is. You can destroy lives. There's no excuse for grumpiness in the morning when your kids jump on your stomach. There's really no excuse for that. There's no excuse for yelling at a car who cut you off. There's no excuse, as we said, for being nasty to a waitress or a waiter. There's no excuse for telling a, a bank clerk off because you had to wait in line a long time. There's no excuse for that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You say exactly what's there and exactly what's controlling you. So we've said this, and we've said this at great length. Our tongue has the power to direct lives. Never forget that. But our tongue also has the power to destroy. We can destroy. We can direct for God's glory, but we can destroy. Look at the rest of verse 5. He says it's a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest 
is set aflame by such a small fire, such a tiny fire that tongue is, and yet it can it can put ablaze a whole forest. Just uh, this last week, as we were heading back from Columbia, South Carolina, I have a terrible sense of direction. I mentioned this this morning how I got lost. It was a terrible feeling as Michelle was our navigator. It wasn't her fault. Um, Interstate 10 is supposed to cut in to uh, 301, which hooks you up with 75. And I said to Michelle, how far is it on the map until we come to 301? And she said, well, I think she said, it looks like it's only a half an inch on the map. So we were driving for a while, and I said, this is the longest half inch that I have ever seen. We were driving, and I, all of a sudden, I see signs for Tallahassee. We weren't to be anywhere near Tallahassee, Lake City. And then all of a sudden, I see, uh, I think it's called Osceola National Rainforest. And I want to turn off and get back to, uh, to where we're supposed to get back to so I can get on to 75. But Osceola National Rainforest went on and on and on. And there is no place to turn off. Uh, fortunately, we hit 75 going out of our way. But we eventually got to 75 continuing. But what am I saying? I, I haven't been in a forest that much, but I want to say if Osceola National Rainforest is any indication of how large a forest is, it is huge. We went for miles, miles of frustration, wondering how do I get off of this road? James says, a little, a little spark, that tongue, that fire can set ablaze. Osceola National Rainforest. It can put that whole thing up in flames. Just the tongue. Our tongues function just like fires. They destroy. Not really property. They destroy lives. That's far more important than property. Look at verse 6. The tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life. It's set on fire by hell. Hell itself sets the tongue on fire. What's he saying? The tongue can express sin that destroys lives like no other member of the body. All the sins of our life find expression through the tongue. That's, that's what he's saying. It's the world of iniquity. Out of the abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's a world of iniquity. All the iniquity in the world is, can come out of that tongue because it comes out what's in the heart. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and heard from the time I was a little fellow, just heard gutter talk. I know exactly what James is saying. The tongue is a world of iniquity. Language that, that Paul says we shouldn't even repeat. The tongue is a world of iniquity. All the sins of the world are communicated through our lips. They damage and they destroy. And I said before, we damage and destroy our children by, by verbally abusing them. We say things to our children we would never think of saying to anyone else for fear that they would know how unspiritual we really are. And yet we, we don't think twice about saying that to our children. Be so insensitive. The sin of gossip can destroy a church fellowship. I remember hearing things by somebody in this church one time gossiping about someone, and I pointed out to them, you shouldn't say that, that's gossip. And the person responded by saying, but it's true. 
They damaged the reputation by saying what they thought was valid because it was true. There's a lot of true things that we ought to keep quiet about. First of all, I'm not convinced that that was true. But even if it is, when we have no, no business being involved in that, let's just shut our mouths. A bitter, an unforgiving, a vengeful spirit can destroy a person's reputation. Maliciousness. The sin of anger communicates hateful words. It destroys marriages. Our tempers destroy others. We say things in a fit of rage we, we regret later. In Psalm 39, the psalmist said this in verses 1 and 3, I will guard my ways that I may not sin or with my tongue. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. What's he saying? He's saying I was burnt inside and my tongue let it all express itself. I, I really, David said, I really have a hot temper. And I, I said what was in my heart. That hot temper was communicated through my words. I regretted it later. Look at verse 7. He speaks more about destroying. We can destroy like a fire, but we can destroy like a wild beast. For every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. It's been tamed by mankind. But no one No man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Animals that would normally tear people apart and could kill people, destroy people, have been tamed by mankind. Every species of beast can be tamed. For instance, there's Gentle Ben, the bear. There's Trigger, the horse. There's Shamu, the whale. If you've ever been there to SeaWorld, you know what I mean. Shamu gets people wet, but he's tamed. There's Lassie and Rin Tin Tin, the dogs. There's Flipper, the dolphin. There's wolves and tigers that have been made pets by people. Matter of fact, the only animal I know that can't be tamed is my dog. I tried, but I couldn't. Took her to obedience school and she failed. I'm sure if I work with her hard enough, she could. Because James says every beast can be tamed. There are, there are. if you go to a circus, you see uh, this man, I forget his name, he, he stands on elephants. He plays with tigers and lions and, and panthers and leopards. There are some that even have snakes as pets. It's ridiculous, but some have snakes as pets. But no one can tame the tongue. No man. That's what it means. No man. Mankind can tame every beast. But you can't tame a tongue. Why? Only God can. We don't have the willpower, the strength to control the tongue. But the Spirit of God can. That's the only one who can. The tongue, it's a wild animal, and it has no mercy on its prey. Morgan Blake, who's a sports writer for the Atlanta Journal, wrote this. I am more deadly... He's going to tell you what his name is at the end. I'm just saying who wrote this. I am more deadly than the screaming shell from a cannon. I win without killing. I tear down homes. I break hearts. And I wreck lives. I travel on the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to intimidate me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. 
I have no regard for truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the defenseless. My victims are as numerous as the sands of the sea and often as innocent. I never forget and seldom forgive. My name is gossip. Destroys. It destroys. And you can sign that with other things. Not only gossip. Angry words. Careless words. Unforgiving words. James says that the tongue is a restless evil. It's always moving about, always doing something. It's evil, and it's full of deadly poison. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 tells us this. Paul is, is explaining how sinful all people are. And then he says in verse 13, their throat is an open grave. This is, this is a, a picture of mankind. This is a picture of you. And what's really depressing, it's a picture of me, all of us. There's, because he says, there's none innocent, no, not one. All of us take the witness stand, and he proves all of us to be guilty of this. You could say, my throat, put that word in there, my. My throat is an open grave. With my tongue, I keep deceiving. The poison of asps, of snakes, is under my lips. My mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. It's verse 14, 13 and 14. You see, no New Year's resolution can take care of the tongue. You decide to make a New Year's resolution, and by that afternoon, the first day, you've blown it already. No one can tame the tongue, only God. I remember when I was first converted, having been raised in Brooklyn and being exposed to filthy language all of my life, at least for the first 15 years of my life, I came to know Christ as my Savior. Right after I was saved, I walked into my dormitory room, and I, uh, the door, somehow the lock was, was open. The lock had been pulled open, and I cut my wrist, very painfully, I might say, on that door. And my natural response was to let out words that we would never even repeat, Today, just this is what had filled my mind for all these years. But what was interesting was the fellow who led me to the Lord was sitting in my room. And immediately the Spirit of God convicted me. And I turned to my friend and I said, I shouldn't have said that, should I? And he said, no. And I remember getting alone with the Lord and saying, Lord, I have, I have had my mind filled with filthy, vile language all of my life. I need your power to transform that. I can't do it by myself. I have never had a problem with that since. The Spirit of God gives us the power to control our tongue. And finally, the tongue has another power it demonstrates itself in. It diagnoses. It diagnoses our spiritual life. The tongue has the power to show us what we're really like. It reveals the inner man. And you know what it reveals? That we are totally inconsistent. Look at verse 9. With it, that's the tongue, we bless our Lord and God, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. We use it to bless God. We use it to curse men. We can praise God in church from 9.30 to 12, and we can curse people from 12 to 6. 
Then we get back and we praise God again. James says that's ridiculous. And that's why he says in verse 10, from the same mouth comes both blessing and cursing. And my brethren, these things ought not so to be. If it is there and it diagnoses that that happens in your life, it diagnoses that your problem is inconsistency. You're up and down. You're an inconsistent Christian. We sing praises to God in the morning service, and at the dinner table we criticize the pastor, we criticize the church, we criticize the music, the message, and James says these things ought not so to be. You cannot praise God and curse men and be consistent. The tongue diagnoses what's really in the heart, and that's inconsistency. Is it valid that we praise God? Is it really praising God? Yes. Is it really cursing? Yes, it's doing both. Our tongues show us that spiritually we can be schizophrenic. We're inconsistent. And James says we should not be inconsistent. I want to be consistent. There's one thing a Christian should be. It's consistency. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 12. And then stay in Matthew because we're going to close it up. And Matthew, we're going to say one other thing in James. But in Matthew chapter 12, and then 15, we're told really the key to this. In verse 33, and on, we read these words. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, who were not saved. He says, either make the the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree rotten and its fruit rotten. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak what's good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth what's good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth what's evil. And I say to you that every careless word that men shall speak, they shall render account for it on the day of judgment. Or every useless word, every word that's useless doesn't build up. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Why? Because the words that we speak show us what we're really like. Let me apply it this way. You don't listen to rock music all week long and not have it affect what you say. You don't listen to dirty jokes at your business and laugh at them and enjoy them all week long and not have it affect your speech. It's as simple as that. Some of us were discussing the other day about rock music. Sometime we'll deal with that. Rock music is not neutral. I'm not one who who every week speaks against hair and rock music and this and that. But the Word of God teaches that our music, what we take into our minds is very important. Rock music is devastating. Rock music is is a terrible thing to feast your mind on. Do you know what advertising tries to do? All the big-name products, uh, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, 7-Up, the beer commercials, Gillette, all these things, they come up with catchy songs. Why? Because if you listen to it enough, you'll find yourself the next day humming those songs. You see, what you take in comes out. And it reveals what you are. Jesus says, you'll be justified by what you say. Because if you say only gutter talk, then your heart has probably never been redeemed. 
Heavenly Father, we need your help to control our tongues. Remind us daily to be careful of what we read, what we watch and hear, and of what we say. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and he's helping us absorb and apply what James wrote to us in the third chapter of his epistle. If you're in the area and looking for a place to worship, perhaps you'd like to come hear Pastor Steve in person some Sunday. Lakeside's address is 1893 Sunset Point Road in Clearwater. For service times and other questions, call 727-441-1714 or go online to lakesidechapel.com. And if you'd like a CD with the entire sermon we just concluded, you can get your free copy by calling that same number, 727-441-1714. If you call outside of office hours, please leave a message so we can get back to you. If you'd rather get your audio more quickly, all of our previous broadcasts are available for streaming or downloading at no charge on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click the message archive link. That's versebyverseradio.org. There's also information on giving if you'd like to help support this ministry. We're thankful for everyone who prays for us and helps cover the expenses of producing and airing these programs. This is Jerry Peterson. Please be here for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Kreloff moves on to another subject James wrote about, True Wisdom. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.